This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi, everybody. Guess who we have back on? <laughs> One of our most favorite guests. It's Ryan Blazer. Welcome. Uh, thanks Hi, for Ryan. having me on again. We love having you on. People, <laughs> people love you. And I think it's because, okay, for you guys that are new, maybe this is your first episode or your second, we've had Ryan on a couple times. He's our EMF guy. He understands electromagnetic frequencies. He tests people's homes for EMFs, for chemicals. And that's the thing. He is way more than just EMFs. He is your environmental health expert. Exactly. I know we've kind of coined you as the EMF guy, but he's the environment. Like he's making sure your environment is in tip top shape because you aren't just what you eat, right? You are where you sleep. You are Mm -hmm. what you're breathing. What are you being exposed to in your home, around your home? Mm -hmm. And so we've had Ryan on. If you are looking for the episode, I think the first one was released December 17th. Somewhere about. Yeah. And then the other one was in March sometime. So look for those episodes, but welcome Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. He, so if you guys are wondering, um, why he's back on, it's because we just love the information. And every time he comes to Utah to test homes, we steal him for a few hours to record because we just want to keep picking his brain. So yeah. Cause you know, we talk about nutrition all the time, but right. nutrition is just one of the, the legs of well being. It is not the only leg. And so we can help you with your nutrition all day long, right. but you might still have issues exactly lingering. Yep. And there's a couple different things that could be going on there. But one of the major ones is it could your be your environment. So Ryan, you're the peanut butter tar jelly. So thank you. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Welcome. It's always fun with you guys. So what was it that you wanted to talk about today? I want you to introduce it. So someone coined the term indoor generation. I think that really hits home, especially now with COVID going on. And we're yeah. spending so much time indoors. And I'm also starting to notice some stuff with my reading. Some of the levels are, are changing. And so that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about with this one. That's really interesting. So levels are changing since COVID or since... Yeah, since um, one of one of the more specific is CO two levels. We breathe mm-hmm. out CO two, we breathe in oxygen, and so I'm seeing that the CO two levels that I'm measuring in homes are a lot higher than they were before all the COVID. And that's because we have kids at home, we have both parents at home. Everyone's mm-hmm. spending so much more time indoors. Interesting. So we're breathing out quite a bit more. And not just being indoors, but also having the house sealed off. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like there's not enough airflow in general getting in and out of the house so that air is just going stagnant that's really interesting i never even would have thought about that like co2 levels in your house being higher because we're not leaving the house what was the statistic that you told us the other day of the 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 amount of time we spend indoors is what so I was just looking online, and there are a couple different studies. The, the EPA says 93%. Um, there are a couple of other studies. One of them says 95% of the time we're spending indoors, and I think the 95% includes vehicles also. That's insane. And so can you explain to us why? I mean, we know. If you guys haven't listened to our Sunshine episode, please go and listen to that because it's so important that we get outdoors. But but introduce to us like why this is a problem. Why are we seeing an, an, an issue with this? I think it kind of comes down to the fundamental idea that we were, we, our bodies as humans have been developed in this, on this planet for 
hundreds of thousands of years in a natural environment with yes. natural sunlight, natural food, uh, no synthetic chemicals. And just over the last hundred years, we've completely changed that and flipped that around. And so now we have almost everything in our life is synthetic yeah. from the light, the light that we see with our eyes to our building environment, the chemicals, even some of our food. Yep. I was going to say, the, we always mm-hmm. talk about the food that we've eaten. Like farming practices are completely different, completely foreign. And it's not only killing us slowly, but the planet as well. And now you throw in the environmental factor, which Tris and I don't talk about nearly enough, which is why we keep bringing you because you are the expert in this. But we, we don't even think about being indoors as making us more sick. And, and the difference is that people are becoming more aware of their nutrition. Right. People, it's it's cool to be nutritionally healthy, right? Mm-hmm. At least for the most part. But this whole concept of getting outside and turning off the electronics—that's not quite as hip, right? And so, while we're making improvements in some areas, we're getting worse and worse. And you know, if you think of it in terms of a graph, it's like a hockey stick, right? right. Mm-hmm. Starting a hundred years ago, we began spending more time indoors because we figured out how to get the smoke out of the cabin, so to speak. And now just over the last, geez, just the last year, mm-hmm. it's skyrocketed in terms of how much time we're spending indoors. Totally. Let's, can we talk about the, the dangers of being indoors right now? Because you can have a healthy building and an unhealthy building. And so there's probably a lot of um, issues that people are not even aware of because they're all invisible, right? They're, it's what, from lighting to radiation, like, we can't see it. So can you give us a few um, examples or a lot of examples of what it is that we need to be mindful of? Yeah. And also just to kind of come on that being indoors shouldn't have to be unhealthy. It doesn't have right. to be. So uh, the home can be built with natural building products and we can not bring toxic chemicals in and use the correct lighting. So the home should be a nurturing place that is kind of like a sanctuary for us. But but how often does that actually happen in your experience? Not very often. The problem is a lot of homes these days are built with unnatural building products, synthetic products, products Mm -hmm. that don't breathe, that off-gas VOCs. So one of the big ones is lighting. You know, unnatural lighting. Our our eyes are are used to look and need the sun. And when we use these unnatural lights like CFLs that flicker and they have liquid mercury in them. They put off EMFs and then fluorescent lights the same way. Um, that's a big one. And then the chemicals that we bring into the house, right. um, all of our cosmetics, beauty supplies, all of the furniture that we bring in is off gassing. And since COVID has gone on, some people aren't leaving their house at all. They right. work from home. The kids are at school at home um, the only time people go out a lot of times just go to the grocery store. Right, right. Let's let's talk about the lighting. I want to I want to really hone into that because you've been to our house twice now. You've tested our house twice, and now this is your third time here in Utah, and you have gone through our house and you've changed all. You you came in with like two <laughs> boxes of light bulbs, and you're like, I'm going to change your light bulbs, and we're like there's a problem with our light bulbs. Like this is our third trip. When I thought I knew enough. I learned something new. Um, what is it that we need to be looking for? Because if you guys have heard our podcast before, we, we've told our listeners, I've told my Instagram followers, when the sun goes down, we put on 
dim lights. Like we, we put on mood lighting is what I call it. But you've even cleaned that up even more. You took all of my white lights and my blue lights and you changed them to like this red orange lighting. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what we need to be mindful of, what we need to change and why we need to do that. Okay. So the color of light that we use kind of has to do with the circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so our eyes are in tune with the sun. And so when the sun is at its highest point during the day, we get the full spectrum of light. We get the blues, the reds, the yellows. As we start going into the evening, those colors start to turn more of the red. So mm-hmm. in the sunset, you've got that golden hour, that's the red lights. That triggers our brain to start producing melatonin and starts to get us ready for sleep. The pro- can, can I rewind? And so you said mm-hmm. midday, it's like the blue lights, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Midday's blue light. That yep. keeps us awake. Yep, that keeps us awake. I, I wanted to highlight that because I want to circle back to it. Yes. So the problem is now that the sun goes down and we're indoors and we turn on all these lights. Mm-hmm. And if, if your lights aren't the warm color and they're the blue lights, that is going to trick your brain to thinking, oh, it's daytime again. It's time mm-hmm. to be awake. But then we make it even worse by looking at our cell phones mm-hmm. yes. and watching TV. Mm-hmm. And how often, how many people sit in bed and scroll through Facebook? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so now we've totally tricked our brain and we threw off our circadian rhythm. And mm-hmm. we're not going to get the best night's sleep because of that. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to, to circle back to is we're staring at our cell phones for hours, right? It has that bright blue lighting. And now we have children because children, I want to talk about kids and screen time. Kids are watching blue like these screens for hours and they are having sleep issues and those sleep issues are turning into um, anxiety or depression issues. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now we're having this generation of really young children dealing with what adults used to, well, adults are supposed to be dealing with. And that, and again, it's, it's a product of the environment. The mm-hmm. environment has tricked the brain into an imbalance. Mm-hmm. And so... So, so things that we can do about lighting for our indoor generation. Well, or there, if we are for, yeah. And there's more to it, right? It's yeah. not just the color. Mm-hmm. There's the flicker rate. Oh, the, tell us the about other that. Thing. So your traditional incandescent lights, it, the power runs through a little filament and it heats up. And that heat is what creates a constant glow. Mm-hmm. But now that we have LEDs and we have fluorescents and CFLs, they actually, they're flickering, they're strobing. And our... our Brains don't like that. So can we see the strobing or is it invisible? So we can see up to about 30 frames per second. And these Mm -hmm. are strobing around 60. Okay. So we can't, we can't um, see it or comprehend it with our consciousness, but But the brain strobe, yeah, the strobe is affecting our brain and some people it will induce seizures. Oh my gosh. So if, so if we just change our lighting that can help maybe some people with seizures. Yeah, that that would definitely help with seizures for sure. Okay, this is complete news to me. I had no idea. You guys, normally when we start podcasts, we kind of like a general idea of what we're talking (laughs) about. This just totally took me by surprise. So what, on the box of light bulbs, does it say low flickering or like, what are we looking for? Yeah, there are some that let's say low low flicker and eye friendly. But any, any bulb that's incandescent is not going to have a flicker rate. Or the halogen bulbs are the second best. They don't have a flicker rate. Okay, so incandescent or halogen. Yep. All right, awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm curious about uh, the screens. What's the, what's, what's the flicker rate on like a television oh, or a yeah. computer screen? 
So that's a little bit different. They have a refresh rate and they're, what they're doing is they're scanning across the line really fast. And so that's called the Hertz, the Hertz, the refresh rate. Okay. So, so that's, that's like the 120 or 60. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's, it's different because it's scanning across the line and refreshing. So, so that is not, not as, as bad, bad as the flicker. Not as bad. But, okay. but there are studies that are starting to come out and saying the blue lights from the screens and the computers are dangerous all the time just because it's an unnatural blue light. Even at midday. Even at midday, yeah. Well, interesting. You were saying in our Sunshine podcast episode mm-hmm. that these artificial, this artificial lighting is causing uh, types of cancers. Right, mm-hmm. it's causing melanomas of the eye, mm-hmm. and so it's and it's most prevalent in people who are chefs and pre- people who are welders, right? Right. So people exposed to high amounts of artificial lighting, bright artificial light mm-hmm. for hours on end. Right. Yep. Well, and and Ryan, you said this in the the past uh, podcasts, but you you know we don't know the repercussions of all of this screen time. We're seeing it the immediate things like, and we're talking immediate like three to five to 10 years of screen time is leading to depression and sleep disorders and mood disorders, potentially ADHD. Uh, do we know if ADHD or ADD is, ha, has anyone read any studies around artificial lighting? And mm. no, nothing I, like that. I, I'm not I, familiar I no with idea, anything. Actually. I was I, just curious if anyone knew about that. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with any studies, but I have firsthand knowledge just from talking with my clients. I have a lot of people that will tell me, yeah, after 30 minutes of scrolling through Facebook, my brain just starts to feel mushy mm-hmm. and I start to get a headache or I start to get irritability. Yeah. I hear that often. That, and that doesn't surprise me at all, right? And, and it's never a single factor, right? Mm-hmm. So getting on Facebook, not only you're exposing yourself to the blue light from your screen, yeah. but you're also exposing yourself to a very... ADHD inducing environment right. where it's constant new things every three seconds, right? Right, right. So of course it's gonna get your brain scattered all over the place. Totally. Plus half the posts are emotionally triggering because they're about politics or something. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty toxic environment on Dude. Facebook these days, it seems like. Totally. And and kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, we, we don't know the the long, long term repercussions of this, right? Like right. like what is this massive amount of screen time and artificial lighting Mm -hmm. going to do on a bigger scale to us? Like what is, what else is changing that we are unaware of? Well, and and speaking of that, I mean, when I was a kid, when I was a little boy, (laughs) you know, Nintendo was invented like a couple years after I was born. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we grew up with that. But our parents were constantly kicking us out of the house and saying, go play, go do something. Mm -hmm. And so for us, at least most of the people I knew growing up, we were outside at least as much as we were inside. Right. Today, I don't, I don't think that we can say that at all. And in fact, I would say that the kids today may be the very first generation where they are like never outside Mm -hmm. for any amount of time, really. Right. And that's who knows what's going to happen to that. Right. So let's, I mean, we were just saying when, when you guys were in school, you had three recesses, right? Well, we had morning recess Mm -hmm. and then we had lunch, which was usually long enough to also get recess time. Yeah. And then there was afternoon recess. Well, and now they're, they're even thinking of doing away with recess. 
You know, yeah. we're going to be in, and, and think of the schooling, like they don't care about their lights. They're probably like, what kind of lighting do we have in schools? Mostly fluorescent, fluorescent. lights. Oh, yeah. great. So the, the worst, worst kind, kind. Yeah. the worst kind. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be indoors all day with the worst kind of lighting, mm-hmm. you know, being like no breaks for body movement right. or outdoor exposure, nothing right. like that to recalibrate their brains. Yeah. And we're, we're just setting them up for more failure. Well, and you know who else doesn't get recess? Who? Adults. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. We go to work. We, we go to our mm-hmm. cubicle, which also has fluorescent lighting most of the time. That's true. And we're there for eight hours a day. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and then we go home, we eat dinner, we put on the TV, mm-hmm. we stay up till one o'clock in the morning, and then we fall asleep in front of the TV. So, going back to about the studies, I remember there's a cool documentary by John Ott, and he did... He was one of the first guys that did slow film photography for Disney back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And he did an interesting experiment where he would take different kinds of lights and shine them on plants and make the plants actually move over time. And so he would make these cool little videos with these plants dancing to music. Mm. But And th- that kind of started off the whole slow film photography concept. But also, on in doing so, they studied the effect of lights and what the lights had on biological beings, being plants. Mm-hmm. But then they took it one step further and started studying those effects on humans. And there's a whole documentary on it that he did. And that was back in the 60s. Whoa. And what was the conclusion of that documentary? That the different lights were dangerous. And they... the so to make the the lights go or to make the plants fall down, they would put the fluorescent lights and the artificial lights and then to make wow. the plants go up, then they would use the natural lighting. You're so kidding. by doing that different variations of lights, he could make the plants dance over time. So I wonder if this is potentially why so many people are just so tired all the time. It's definitely one reason, yeah. You know, because we to me, my clinical brain is like, well, that's adrenal fatigue. You hit 2 PM and it's adrenal fatigue and it kicks in, but, and and that's a cortisol issue, right? Mm -hmm. But is our cortisol being conducted according to the, the light cycle as well? It is, isn't it? Well, there's a, there's a, a rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. A circadian rhythm to it, which yeah, all circadian rhythms ultimately come from the sun. Right. Uh-huh. And so would we, so we're potentially shifting our circadian rhythm by exposing ourselves mm-hmm. to this artificial lighting, therefore uh-huh. inducing that 2 p.m. slump. Mm-hmm. And then we're super stimulated in the evening. And so adrenal fatigue, I always say, is from, you know, stress, stress, stress. But that's also stress from our environment as well. Our yeah. artificial lighting, mm-hmm. not getting outdoors enough. I always notice when I start getting tired, and like that's, and I always say like my brain has switched off and I'll tell my assistant, I can't do any more work. Mm-hmm. And then I go outside and play with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that's normally around two, two thirty, And mm-hmm. then I get like my second wind and I'm like, okay, cause I'm grounded. I'm outside. I'm grounded. I'm seeing sunlight. I'm getting fresh air. I'm no longer in front of like computers and cell phones and emails and all of that mm-hmm. jazz. And it totally wakes me up. And so it's it's all kind of coming together for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, adrenal fatigue could be linked to artificial lighting. Like potentially, right? I think it's one factor. And you know, there's also the mitochondrial function that goes into this, right? The, The more in sync we are with the natural rhythms of day and night, Mm-hmm. the the better our mitochondria tend to function. And yeah. as everyone learned in school, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Totally. So it's where our cells get their energy from. And if they're not functioning properly, mm-hmm. because the rhythms are all off, we don't have enough melatonin, all of those different things are going wrong, then our yeah. energy production is going to be terrible. Right. And that's going to cause us to feel fatigued, tired, yep. lousy. 
So maybe we should talk about what an ideal situation would be for lighting if okay. you wanted more optimal help. I think it would start by you seeing the sun come up. Mm-hmm. You get up when the sun gets up. You spend at least four hours a day in the sunlight or as much natural light as possible and minimize all your artificial lighting. I like to say at least more time in the sun than you have in front of the screen. Yeah. If the screen time is, is an issue. And that's hard for people that work in front of the screen. You know, I yeah. used back in the days to be an engineer. And one of the things I would do is print off my drawings and my schematics. And so instead of working off my computer, I would print them off and work off of hard papers. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'd go outside to do that. But have the natural light as much as possible during the day. And then when the sun goes down past sunset, don't have any blue light. And the lighting that you do have, you should it should be the red hue, the, the yeah. warm lighting. And then your blue blocking glasses... Tristan's got them on right now. It looks pretty cool <laughs> with John them. Lennon glasses. <laughs> yeah. And then on your phones and on your laptops, they all have settings that you can turn the blue light on. Mm-hmm. And so on iPhones, I think it's called night shade or night shift. Yeah, um, night shift on iPhones. Night shift on iPhones. On, and, that, and on Samsung, my Samsung, I have an app called Twilight. Twilight. And so it will automatically take the blue light out of the phone when the sun goes down. And then on uh, on Windows computers, the it's nightlight. It's called nightlight. Nightlight on mm-hmm. Windows computers. And yep. then Mac has uh, Flux. Is that right? Yep, yep. And then I always, at least an hour before bed, just put the technology away mm-hmm. and real, real dim lights, red lights, yeah. and just kind of let the sun be your guide. If the sun's down, your eyes shouldn't have too much light in them, especially not blue light. You know, it's funny. Back in the day, before you could read books from your phone. Um, there was always the joke of, if you want to go to sleep, read your scriptures. <laughs> because the lights are down. And it's so boring. Not, no, 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 stop. No, because oh, that's like, not what you meant. No. <laughs> but I think it's probably because we weren't in front of screens, right? And you're reading yeah. for bed and the, you know, but the, the but now we're reading scriptures on our phones and maybe mm-hmm. that's waking us up or something. So mm-hmm. for me, going to bed is like listening to an audiobook. All the lights are down, like not watch, you know, mm-hmm. if you're listening to it, you're not looking at the screen, right? Or read a book or whatever it is. Um, okay, so changing all our light bulbs, changing the, the red hue on our screens. Um, sh- what else... It, have we kind of covered lighting? Yeah, I think we've covered being, lighting. Being outside okay. more, though, is yeah. kind of the yes. key to all of this, right? Maybe, like, take your laptop and work outside. What can we do yeah. in the wintertime? Wintertime's a little bit tougher. Um, definitely take advantage of the sunlight when it is out during the day. Mm-hmm. And definitely make sure that you have the warm lights or the more red-colored lights that you're using after the sun goes down. Okay. Yeah, really stay away from the the cool white, those really bright ones. Mm. You shouldn't really be using those too much in your house. There's, there, we used to have a sunshine lamp. We still it do. Was very white. Mm. Is that not good for us? During the day, it's fine, but once the sun goes down, okay. yep, because that's going to throw off your circadian rhythm. That's going to, when you put that on and you use that after sunset, mm-hmm. it's going to tell your body it's still the middle of the day. It's time to be awake. So that's why we turned it on in the morning. Yeah, we would do, do it in the morning to okay. kind of that, make us feel like there was sun, even some, though there wasn't. Some sunshine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, so that's lighting for you guys. Let's talk about screen time for a little bit because um, I, w- I know we've kind of covered that. Um, the amount of screen time that we're... So when Tennyson was in occupational therapy, his therapist said 
45 minutes to an hour of screen time a day. And I remember being like, that's impossible. <laughs> and, but, but that's really what the golden standard is. I, I honestly, being a stressed out mom, like I'm not telling everyone, hey, don't put your kids in front of the screen because sometimes that's what we need. Either we close them in a room while they scream and then we like take a 10 minute breather or we put them in front of a, like a show or something. Um, I know, yes, playing out that outdoors and stuff. Is there anything else that we should know as far as screen time goes or any tips that you have or um, one thing we do at our house, is just go back to the old school toys, mm. board games, read a book, Legos. I like that. Know, the girls play with the dolls. Yeah. Um, go outside and play in the floor, jump on the trampoline. Exactly. Get their wiggles out. Yeah. Like get their bodies moving. Like our brains were designed for body movement. Right. And especially as they're having these growth spurts, they need to be in their body as they're going through that. So I really, really like that. Um, one other thing, and I wanted to ask Tristan, there's um, an app on the, on the iPhones and maybe Samsungs that times the amount of screen time that you have. What is that called, Tris? It's called screen time. It's called, <laughs> and can you put like a timer? So there's, there's a couple different features. They're built into iOS now. Um, one of them is the screen time that will actually tell you how much time you're on your phone mm-hmm. every day. It'll give you your daily average. And then it has like app limits and downtime. So you can actually set certain times of the day mm-hmm. where most of your apps will be disabled. Yeah, um, that's and, awesome. And you can set limits for individual apps. So like no more than three minutes of Facebook a day. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's all you can handle before your life starts right. to get really bad. <laughs> or um, like 30 minutes of Instagram or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, yeah. And, and honestly, like this is a great one for your kids and your teens, mm-hmm. but it's a really good one for yourself. Right. Because mm-hmm. we, we don't tend to track ourselves very well on our mm-hmm. phones. And it can add up really quickly. It really it's can. just a million. Actually, that's another thing the fun will tell you is how many pickups you have every day. Interesting. And like the number can get ridiculous, right. like 120 yeah. pickups today. Well, and, and I, you know, I always talk about how we're addicted to sugar and like it's, mm-hmm. but we don't realize we're addicted to screens. Mm-hmm. We're addicted mm-hmm. to TV. We're addi- like, these are addictions that don't serve us. Right. right. And they, and then we're plugged into these media outlets that aren't really there to serve us either, you know? And so, right. so creating healthy boundaries with un- like things that can be healthy, but potentially well, not healthy. Uh, the, the issue with these things is that they're artificial rewards, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's the little quick jolt of endorphins that come when someone likes a post that mm-hmm. you wrote or when somebody, I don't know, a- agrees with your argument on the internet. Right. And, <laughs> and it's a very small thing and it's not that rewarding, right. but it's rewarding enough that it keeps us coming back for more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And then you compare that against the, the natural reward systems that come with being outside in nature. Yeah. And there's not as many immediate ones. Right. It's more of the larger payoffs. Like you get to the end of the hike and there's a waterfall or a beautiful mm-hmm. scenery and that's way more meaningful. And it's something that'll stick with you a lot longer, yeah. but it's not as immediate. Yeah. And so our, our natural human instinct is to go after the immediate rewards. Right. Because that's our kind of design. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe putting up some boundaries, some strong boundaries with that. With our kids, yeah. especially, even right. with ourselves, and, if we need it. 
And another thing too that I've noticed a lot is the gaming. The gaming world yeah. is really big, and I know you guys aren't into that, so you don't see that. But I see that a lot in these assessments as we're doing these testing, and what we got to keep the gaming system going. That's an important one. And, and now with mm. these games, that's how a lot of these teenagers and kids are linking with their friends. Yeah, is okay. Let's all get on the game together, mm-hmm. and they got their headphones, and that's how they communicate, and they're literally playing through these virtual worlds instead of playing outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so speaking of artificial common. artificial reward systems, right? Yeah. The, even our social interactions are shaped by this very non-genuine form of relationship with other mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and the gaming world is huge. That's a huge industry. There's so many people yeah. linking up on games online now right. in these virtual worlds. And of course, our intention is not to, to vilify gaming because it can be a totally normal, healthy part of your life. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not very balanced for yeah. just about anybody who does it. You know what might be really... I, I love reading... I haven't done this yet because our kids aren't really of age, but I love seeing when families online say we did a a technology fast for a week Mm. and kids couldn't get on their phones. They couldn't get on Facebook, like nothing. And they had to figure out how to connect with each other. And the parents saw that the kids were talking to each other and they were being present with each other and they were playing Mm -hmm. games with each other. But when we have our phones in front of us, we're in the same room, but we're completely separated. Mm -hmm. Like there's no connection. There's no eye contact. There's no interaction. And so maybe a fun thing to do would be to schedule media fasts Mm -hmm. you know and have it be like a social experiment within your family and have it have have structure around it and be like okay maybe yes monday yeah you don't have technology but monday you guys are going to work on this project and then tuesday you're going to work on this one Mm -hmm. and you'll see that they they will be fine Mm -hmm. you know like yeah they they go through withdrawal like a, a typical addict but they end up you know at the better end yeah. And, and so recognize technology is as addictive as sugar is. And actually on that note, this is kind of a, a side note, but really relevant here. Um, we're almost done revamping our liver reset program. Mm-hmm. And we've got a whole bunch of people going through the beta right now. Mm-hmm. But a really big part of this liver reset program has nothing to do with food or supplements. Mm-hmm. It's about the media fast. Interesting. For 21 days, we strongly encourage people to cut down on their media consumption Mm -hmm. as much as they can and spend that time in reflection and connection and nature instead. Did you throw that in the program? Uh, no, I mean, it, it always been it, it's always been a part of it. It's oh. maybe not one that we've emphasized yeah. quite as well as we could have, but it is now a major part of it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that it can provide as effective results as any of the dietary guidelines in the program and as much as any of the supplements in the program. Right. But it's the hardest one for people to do. Mm -hmm. They look at it and they say, okay, I can give up all these foods for a few weeks. Yeah. All right. I can do these supplements for a few weeks. Yeah. Ooh, you want me to get off of Instagram? Right. (laughs) I don't know. Or like, I need to keep up with what's going on with COVID. How many, how many new cases were there yesterday? I need to know. Do you, do you? (laughs) Right. So I I like that. I like that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So you guys just remember boundaries is really important. Um, That, that screen that they're looking at all day, every day is messing with their brain chemistry. So Mm -hmm. please be mindful that as we are growing these tiny human beings into big human beings, or maybe they are already 
you know, they're, they're teenagers. Just let's, let's take, this is why I love Ryan and Ryan in town, because he reminds me about the holistic approach, right? Just mm-hmm. like I said earlier, we're very nutrition heavy. Mm-hmm. We're very supplement. Well, not super heavy in supplements, but well, when you come into town, you remind us like, yeah, lighting is really important. Mm-hmm. Just when I thought our house was like super clean, you come in and you're like, Hey, this lighting's really funky, you know? And like the stories you've been telling us of like things that you keep finding in people's homes, it's like, wow, yeah, that would totally make people sick. The environment is so important and mm-hmm. can be so healing, mm-hmm. but we have let ourselves be, stay in a toxic environment. So mm-hmm. anyways. No, yeah. a lot of people at home right now, especially mothers with young children who have been stuck inside with their kids for mm-hmm. the last several months because of COVID are going... Are you kidding me? I know. You want to take away the one thing that gives me sanity during my day? <laughs> and I feel you so hard. But but here's the deal. If you're listening to this relatively close to release, which is the end of June, that means it's summertime. Mm-hmm, and that right. means that you can be outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Even even if COVID is still a really big threat where you live, mm-hmm. you can go outside yeah. and still safely social distance from people. Yeah. Yeah, And there is nothing that will help pass the time faster except for maybe TV, right? So if you're concerned about your kids needing something to do Mm -hmm. and you needing your sanity, take everybody outside. Yeah. Let them explore Mm -hmm. nature. Let them learn about the natural world Mm -hmm. that they live in. You know what our kids actually really like that we did a lot in the wintertime too, if you're listening to this in the wintertime, audiobooks. Like get them using their creative minds by listening to audiobooks. Mm. Download podcasts. They don't have to be looking at the screen to listen to the audiobook or the podcast. There are a lot of kid podcasts where they're telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm thinking for six-year-olds because of Tennyson. Mm-hmm. But there's there's age-appropriate things. So if you have a ten-year-old or a sixteen-year-old, have like challenge them to be like, okay, you can. Do screen time only once you've listened to an audiobook or you've read a book or but but I'm thinking more of something that's quick and easy for moms. Like mm-hmm. if you need 30 minutes, <clears throat> have them all in a room drawing, painting, and listening to an audiobook. And that might be really helpful. Our kids get really calm and quiet because they love listening to stories. Mm-hmm. So that might be a really good idea for you guys. So I would maybe even take it one step further. Yeah. And you guys are probably gonna think this is crazy, but we only do one hour of screen time a week. I love that so Maybe much. Maybe a little bit more than one hour. Every Friday night is movie night. Yeah. And that's really it. The rest of the time, it's you're outside, you're mm-hmm. playing with Legos, you're playing with your dolls, you're reading a real book. Yeah. You're playing with your friends, you're riding your bike. We're outside, just like we did when we were kids. Mm-hmm. That's it's the same thing. And luckily, or I guess it's a little easier with my kids because we, we brought them up that way. If you try to take yeah. a teenager and tell them that's what they got to do. It's right. going to be impossible. Right. I've seen the outcomes and it's not pretty. No, no. <laughs> it can be, it can be ugly. For sure. But if you do have little ones, then mm-hmm. you can set the standard early. And yeah. Because really how much screen time is healthy? Is there a number? And I don't think there is Mm-mm. to say, okay, an hour of screen time is healthy any more than that's not. To me, any screen time is unhealthy Yeah, because of the blue light, because you're missing the opportunity of being outside and being social because of the EMF exposure that you're getting. And so I think if you can train your kids or try to shift into that realm and look at it, that that is an unhealthy habit that you're doing. So mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're doing on that device, you're doing with it, it better be worth it. Yeah. I really like that point. Mm-hmm. That's, 
that's very sobering for me because that would be a really great goal for me to work for. And I know that we could, we could do it with enough structure, mm-hmm. with enough structure, with a good plan that can be doable. Like mm-hmm. I, kids thrive with structure. Why do we put technology on? Because they're bored. Because it's easy. Because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's not that different from what we're talking about when it comes to nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way that we feel thinking about going down to one hour a week of screen time is the way that a lot of people feel when they listen to us talking about vegetables, <laughs> giving our kids veggies and right. organ meats it's for just, dinner. Just practice and training. And structure. Mm-hmm. And structure. Right? So really. that's why we created the membership to yeah. provide that structure so that people feel like they've got a pathway to getting where they need to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to, you need to have a goal. You need to mm-hmm. see what's, what, what are we working towards? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that, man. Okay. One hour a week. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> we need to, we need to come up we, with a plan, <laughs> make it worth it. Whatever you're doing in that hour. Sure. I know. I need to go buy a trampoline and paint for our children so they can keep busy. Those are two things we use. Yeah. Painting, a lot of painting, trampoline. You know, Tristan won't let me buy a trampoline for the kids. No, nope. and I want one so it's, bad for them. It's a great outlet. There's other options. There's jungle gyms. I know. Okay, <laughs> so what else should we be considering for our indoor generation? What else? Okay, are you so seeing? probably the next biggest thing is just the stale air that's inside. Mm. You got a family of four kids, two adults. You're both working out of the home. The kids are stuck at home. All the doors and windows are closed. Everybody's using product, every, yep. everything you're breathing out, the CO2 levels are high, the VOC levels are high. Mm-hmm. Almost every time I, I'm seeing this very often. So one of the biggest things you can do is just open the windows, okay. open the doors, get some fresh air in and out of there. I love it. For yeah. 15 minutes a day at least. At least. So mm-hmm. like right now, this time of year, first thing in the morning, get up and go around and open all your windows. Yeah. And when it starts to get warm enough where your air conditioner is going to kick on, go ahead and go back and close them all. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But a couple hours in the morning, let it, let the air flush out. So you're starting with good fresh air every day. I like now, that. a couple of questions that tend to come up with this. Um, the first one is mm-hmm. if, if you live in an apartment building, are you sharing air with all the other apartments in the building? So there should be an air barrier between the different apartments. Okay. So you at least don't have that to worry about. That's right. nice. Um, but that, that's not to say that air does not get through. Sure. Absolutely. I, what The question I get a lot when I recommend opening the windows on Instagram is, when Utah has pretty bad air. What if the air is really bad outside? Sometimes. It depends on where you're located. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in the northern Utah area, or sorry, northern Salt Lake area where the refineries are, mm-hmm. that area is pretty bad most of the time. Um, so they wouldn't are. be opening their windows. Yeah, this week of testing outside, the air quality has been pretty pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So unless you're, you've are got a factory right there or there's fires or it's mm-hmm. the fall time when it's really dusty, a lot of farming going on. Nine times out of 10, the outdoor air is much better quality than indoor. Okay. Is there a way to uh, look that up? Like uh, purple air, something like that, where yeah. you can see the... <clears throat> Airnow.gov will tell you the air particulates in the air. Airnow.gov. Mm-hmm. And the Idaho De- or Utah Department of Environmental Quality, their cool. website, you can look up... Uh, Particulate matter, 2.5 micron and 10 micron. So if it's like in the orange range, then you might want to keep the windows closed that day. It depends on the habits inside your house. If you have a lot Mm -hmm. of carpet, you have pets, you do a lot of cooking, you're not using your exhaust fans and you're Mm -hmm. keeping your windows closed, it could still be a lot more harmful inside your home still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. 
And so using the fans, using your ventilation fans, because it's all about controlling the sources of the pollution. Mm -hmm. So if you're cooking bacon, that bacon smell is going to stay in your house. That's particulates. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time you came to our house and you showed us, is it the particulates of the, the putting the gas stove on? Is yeah, that what you're measuring? Gas stove will do carbon monoxide. It will do gases and particulates. Well, I put two and two together because... Every morning after I made breakfast, I would be exhausted. I would have to like sit down and take like 30 minutes to like get my breath, so to speak. And I didn't realize it's because I was like, I couldn't breathe proper air. Right, the carbon monoxide mostly mm -hmm. in that situation. And so you taught me to put the, the fan on. The, what is, what the exhaust fan, the exhaust fan mm -hmm. every time I'm cooking mm -hmm. and to open my window every time I'm cooking. And that helped me tremendously to not get that slump right after cooking. Yeah. Because I've had people say, I'm cooking more now, but I'm just exhausted while I am. Mm -hmm. Part of that's mental fatigue, but I think part of that too is, you know, the stove potentially. Yeah. Like being in front of that, being in front of the gas. That's obviously not an issue with like an electric stove, correct? Not as bad, no. Because with the gas stoves, you have the hydrocarbon byproducts that you're burning. Mm -hmm. One of them is carbon monoxide. Okay, so with the electric ones, is there anything that's coming off of that? So electric ones, you have more of a concern with the EMF, the magnetic oh. fields coming. In. But still, if you're cooking the, with oil. Yeah, the, the food you, that you're actually cooking mm -hmm. will have The particulates things. going into the air. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. interesting, interesting. Yep. All right, so what else should... Uh, we be considering as far as, um, oh, one thing I wanted to say, guys, change out your filters in your homes, right? How often are we supposed to be changing out those filters in our vent systems? Yep. So the HVAC filters that you're mm -hmm. talking about, you yes. should be changing out at least every three to four months. Okay. And don't buy the cheap filter. Nope. Right. What, what standards should people be aiming for? So if you're a Costco shopper, they have the Filtreat brand. It's mm -hmm. 2200 and that's a really good brand. Or if they have a Merv rating, you want a Merv rating of 13 okay. mm -hmm. or higher. I, uh, a Merv rating? Yep, mm -hmm. pretty much. It's How do you M spell M that? M-E-R-V. And Merv. it stands for something that I can't think of off the top of my head. That's okay. so important. <laughs> okay. Well, just remember it's Merv. It's Merv rating, yeah. Okay. And so mostly, the best thing to think about is if you have a couple options, get the one that's the most expensive. Okay. Because okay. that's the best thing you can do to filter the air particulates out of your air. Okay. That's actually what I did recently. Um I was really tired of getting to Costco and then forgetting what size of filter I needed. So I just went and checked and then I went online and I bought like 12 of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I wasn't sure which one I was supposed to get. I couldn't remember the guidelines you'd given before. So I literally just picked the most expensive one that they yeah, offered. That's a safe bet. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So what's next? What else do we need to consider as far as our indoor generation? Yeah, well, air fragrances too. That's mm. a big one. A lot of people need to have it smell a certain way, the mountain fresh air, pine saw. That's, <laughs> there's no pine needles in that pine saw. Yeah, right. That's chemicals. Yep. And so if you have a fragrance or a perfume smell in your house, that's a chemical smell, unless you're using essential oils. Mm -hmm. So and make sure that you're not using... One of the most kind of mind-opening things that you've ever said to us was that there is no smell of clean. Yeah. Right. Clean has no smell. Right. Exactly. And I think we all know that, but like our brains don't register that. Right. We think that, well, if it, if it's clean, then it's going to smell like pine saw or, mm -hmm. or glade plugins or right. something right. like that. Right. 
around here, I guess it's essential oils, mm-hmm. but that's a little different, I guess. Yeah. That's one of the first things I do when I go in a house is I assess the smell. What does it smell like? Does it smell yeah. like pets? Does it smell moldy or musty? Is it chemically? Is it glade plug-in? Is it Febreze? Mm-hmm. Or is it nothing? Is it neutral? Right. We want it to smell neutral. You don't want your house to smell. And can you explain to people why? I mean, we've spoken about chemicals and uh, fragrances and how bad that is, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. So a lot of the fragrances and perfumes, they have phthalates in them. Mm-hmm. And phthalates are endocrine disruptors. They yep. can do a lot of harm with our um, hormones and our hormone system. Yep. But more importantly, it's just chemicals. It's unnatural chemicals. It's petroleum-based products. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, can we t- have the Febreze talk really yeah. fast? Because you should tell people, I mean, most people that are listening know Febreze is of the devil because, it, you know, because <laughs> cause that's kind of our audience. But we need to understand how tricky these companies are because they, they are allowed to say it's all natural, it's safe, and yet there is like this hidden wormhole in the world where you can look up these ingredients and recognize they are extremely harmful for you. Why does, why does the public not know this? Because they're not required to disclose that information on their bottling or their packaging. The packaging is for marketing to get you to buy their product. Mm -hmm. It's not to inform you of what the dangers and the hazards are. Mm -hmm. That information is shared through their material safety data sheet. Mm-hmm. It's called an MSDS. And where do you find that online? Mm-hmm. You can Google, type in any product. So you could type in Febreze mm-hmm. and MSDS, and it will pull up a five or six page technical document mm-hmm. that explains all the hazards, the toxicities, what's in it, um, how to handle the product, what happens if you eat it or ingest mm-hmm. it, um, how to transport it. This is the technical legal document that people use like in court. If you sue them, this stuff will come up. So for for Breeze, for example, if you look on the back of a basic bottle of Breeze, it says ingredients derived from natural corn products. Mm -hmm. And it says it's safe for animals, for humans. And we use it to spray on our clothes, on our furniture, in the air. Mm -hmm. If you pull up the material safety data sheet, it tells you quite the opposite. It will list off about 20 toxic chemicals. It will tell you that if you give... I think it's 50 milligrams of it to a rat. If you rub it on their skin, they will die. Mm-hmm. If you put it on um, rabbits, they'll die. If you put it in with fish, they'll die. Uh, you're not supposed to spray it on your clothes. If you get it on your skin, you're supposed to wash it off immediately with soap and water. If you use it in a, in a closed area, you're supposed to ventilate and open the windows. And then it goes on and on of all these safety things that you're supposed how you're supposed to use Febreze. And this is what we're inhaling. Right. This toxic chemical that kills animals and this MSDS saying, don't touch it, don't inhale it, like... Don't use it. Don't use it. <laughs> Basically. Right. But then it says, all natural, safe for everyone. Right. Like, we have this massive disconnect in our society and within our power structures mm-hmm. where these massive companies can do whatever they want and there's all of these loopholes and so they can sell you a really crappy product and you react to that product and then you can't even sue them because they hid all of this information somewhere on the internet for well, you to not read. Not even that. Like You can't even say what we're saying about it mm-hmm. without people calling you crazy right right mm-hmm. people are listening to this right now going you idiots you have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. that msds is purely there because of high concentrations and it doesn't apply in low concentration right 
Have they tested it in low concentrations over a long period of time? Right. Over Probably. two yeah. years. So there's a toxicity area in mm-hmm. the MSDS and it will tell you the levels that they've tested it mm-hmm. and at what levels will it start killing people or animals or mammals or whatever they yeah. tested it on. Well, and, and here's the thing that I want people to understand. Yeah, in high concentrations, it will kill animals. We're not having it in high concentrations mm-hmm. for those periods of time. We're being microdosed on poison. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it poison because it clearly poisons animals in high, you know, water in high concentrations doesn't poison you, you know. Well, in high enough, it will. In high enough, it will. That's true. (laughs) Actually, that's true. So that's a bad example. (laughs) But this product might not only be in Febreze. Mm -hmm. It might be in your makeup. It might be in your lotion. It might be in your shampoo. So you're being microdosed in multiple products, Well, even, even if it's not in anything else, when you combine it with... All the other things. Dozens and dozens of other ingredients... Which, well, by the way, that combination has most definitely never, never been tested. Exactly. That's a that's a really good point that you bring up because all of these tested are chemicals are tested individually mm-hmm. in isolation. They're not tested with each other. No. And so, so we're like basically our own. Our bodies are petri dishes for we, practicing chemistry. Like we talk about, like almost every week, we are the guinea pigs we in are. this really crazy experiment. And what we're figuring out is that we're sicker than ever. And, and so it's a really bad experiment. And anytime one of us questions the experiment and says, do we really want to be the guinea pigs here? Everyone says, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You dirty hippie. You're extreme. Has anyone <laughs> ever said that to you? What? No one has said that to me yet. What, that we're crazy? <laughs> At least that's to my face. Well, yeah. right. But people do call us extreme, right? Mm-hmm. And, Maybe. And so this is why. Yeah. And it's because what we're basically saying is we need to basically eradicate most mm-hmm. of the technological progress that we've made over the last hundred right. years and go back to what we were doing before that mm-hmm. because it was working really well for us. Right. Yeah. Well, it wasn't perfect. We had mm-hmm. people dying of diseases that we now know how to treat better. Yeah. But for the most part, like we're sicker than we've yeah. ever been before. I just had a follower send me um, some research that a university that she works at published and it was about titanium dioxide. And how titanium dioxide is not only disrupts the microbiota, but it also causes gut inflammation and it causes all kinds of uh, all kinds of disease. Where do, what does it get used for? Oh, makeups and um, beauty products, and isn't it in paints and stuff? It's in paints, and it's actually in some supplements. And in some, it, it causes things to be shiny white and mm-hmm. and opaque. Yeah. And so, so we might have a little bit of titanium dioxide in our makeup, but then it could be in our supplement. We might be exposed to it mm-hmm. in other, you know, and so it's, it's these little things that build up over time. Oh, and total side note, but the, the what was it? The, the PR document for this study that mm-hmm. was announcing their findings did not name titanium dioxide. Mm-hmm. All right. It named the the additive number mm-hmm. E171. Yeah, the cast number. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it also gave another name too. It was the it was the chemical name T I O S. T I O two. Titanium. T I O two. But they never in that article never said titanium, titanium dioxide, dioxide, which is how it's going to show up on ingredients lists. That's how people understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Like why why would you go through all this trouble to study this and discover that it's dangerous and then tell everybody, but forget to mention the most important piece. Which is which is how do you actually well figure name. out if this is in your 
environment exactly. if you're being exposed to this. Exactly. But anyway, that's so a total side I'm sorry, because mm-hmm. we were talking about like things that we spray in our ears and the perfumes and all of that stuff, the phthalates. And and the reason that it's important for what we're talking about with this podcast is because all these things are in concentration in our homes Mm -hmm. and we're in our homes much more now. And so we're breathing these things in. Yep. And we're exposing, as you said earlier, it's an endocrine disruptor. Mm -hmm. And so we are having these little kids exposed to endocrine disruption as they're going through growth spurts. Mm -hmm. And so what's, what's higher than ever right now? Infertility. Is in, in mm-hmm. infertility in men or sperm count in men is like fifty percent, maybe and less. In, yeah, and isn't infertility like one in three women right now? It's something like that. It's something really, four, really high, so, and mm-hmm. it's it's it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And so clearly, what we're doing isn't working. And so as we are dealing with our indoor generation, we let's be really mindful that if they're going to be indoor like let's protect their hormones mm-hmm. like they are gold because they are. You mess up hormones, you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, all right, yeah. what's next? So I think we hit chemicals good and indoor air quality. So and another thing that we're seeing now is some more mold buildup because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people think, all right, so we got the shower, we got the sinks, we got the bathtub, that's where water is produced. But us humans breathe out up to a liter or two of water every day. Mm. So if you have a family of six in a home, the doors closed, windows closed, they're breathing that. Where's that moisture going? It's recycling. It's going into the walls. It's going, mm. it's going into their attic. It's going, oh, yeah. find it any place it can to get out. When it hits cold, it will condensate. And so where that condensates, you get mold. So I'm starting to see a lot more mold issues in homes. Interesting. Mold buildup. And, Mold, of course, produces mycotoxins and releases spores, which can elicit allergic responses. So what do we do about that? Because a lot of people say there's mold in every single house because we have showers and tubs and sinks and toilets. There's not necessarily mold growing in every single house. Mm -hmm. There is mold in the air everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's environmental mold. There's common Mm -hmm. molds. What we're concerned about is more of the dangerous molds, the black molds, mm-hmm. the stachybotrys, the cladosporium, the chitomium. All these types of molds come from water damage and water buildup. And so when we have these kind of bigger molds, the mycotoxins that are produced can do a, a range of harmful things to us. Mm-hmm. And there's some percentage of people who are especially sensitive to sensitive. mycotoxins. Yeah. And, and they're the ones who are most likely to kind of be the canary in the in the mm-hmm. mine that that makes everybody realize wait a second there there's, there's something, something going wrong. on here yeah but initially we'll just think oh there's just something wrong with that person right it's a genetic yeah. component mm-hmm. like some people's bodies genetically cannot um i can't think detox mm-hmm. mold like everyone else yes. i remember listening to a podcast episode where a husband and maybe i've mentioned this before but a husband and a wife who have lived together for like 25 years when they both got tested for mold he was like through the roof mm-hmm. and she was in normal ranges mm-hmm. and they're like but we live in the same house well his body just couldn't detox it mm-hmm. his body couldn't get rid of it and so yeah we need to be really mindful of those people if they're feeling sick and they're having weird symptoms you know a lot of the time we'll have people have these strange symptoms that come to us mm-hmm. and they show up for EMFs or mold or you know fungus or something like that and it's like, oh, oh, oh no, we have to have this talk, mm-hmm. you know, because this is a hard concept to understand. Like there's something in your environment that you can't see that's making you sick. 
Mm-hmm. And so other than opening our windows, what do we do? You know, that's really kind of the big one is opening the windows and getting fresh air. Okay. That really kind of checks off a lot of boxes when you do that. Perfect. Yeah. What about our bathrooms? Should we leave our fans on all day? Not necessarily all day, but you do definitely want to leave it on when you're in the shower, taking a shower and up to 35, you know, 45 minutes after. Okay. Leave that on and make sure if you're getting condensation on your walls, you're not getting that moisture out of the bathroom mm. in time. Okay. And that probably goes double if you have a, a bathroom like ours that doesn't have a window right? Mm-hmm. where it's, it's kind of locked in the middle of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So we probably need to keep that fan going for quite a, a while every hours. day. Make sure it's staying dry. I know the kids love to mess in that one. Mm-hmm. Put water on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But getting, getting airflow never hurts anything. Okay. Yeah, now, sure. once you've got a mold issue and it's like behind your walls, um, what does remediation look like in that? type of a situation looks like pulling out your checkbook oh no it can get expensive if you don't get on top of it mm-hmm. yeah if you get mold behind the walls you're you're taking the walls out and you're redoing stuff it mm-hmm. can get expensive okay keep your house dry yeah. that's one of the best things you can do mm-hmm. to keep the value and the health of your home is keep it dry righty. what else is that everything all for like in generation indoor I mean, we could talk all day long about all the different things, but the, the main thing Those that we're seeing ones. from people indoors is the stale air, mm-hmm. you know, some of the houses getting moldy, and we're seeing so much more screen time, yeah. not getting the sunlight. Right. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about how we can boost the immune system. Yes. Because that's one thing we were talking about. You know, people are so worried about getting sick these days, and mm-hmm. so I think just talking about, in general, the tips that we can give that can help the immune system. You know, and to let's get into that right now. But one thing I want to bring out to people is to tie in the nutritional, the immune, the environmental. We're seeing a massive increase in allergies, food allergies, external allergies. And that's, and it's being perpetuated, right? And so people are becoming almost allergic to being outdoors because they're allergic to grasses and trees and shrubs and pollen. And that's a problem because how can we get kids outdoors when they're reacting to it? Mm -hmm. And so we need to look at our immune systems, which is what you were saying. And the immune system is very nutrition based, right? It's Mm -hmm. protecting the gut biota. Um, We were talking about it's the innate immune system and the, what's the other immune system? Acquired. Acquired immune system. Mm -hmm. So, 20% of our immune system is the innate immune system. That's the white blood cells, right? The T cells, the killer cells, natural killer cells. And then 80- That's the acquired. Yes, that's the acquired. Yeah. And then that's the acquired. And then the innate, did I say it wrong? I I think so. Okay, (laughs) sorry guys. And then the innate is 80%, which is your gut biota, right? And so if you are nurturing your gut biome, then you have a intelligent- immune system. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing? We are feeding our kids processed foods, which is tearing up our digestive tracts mm-hmm. and it's disrupting our gut biome. We are pounding them with antibiotics for every minor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are... And generally, we're just over-sterilizing their environment. Yes. Like, we want it to be clean, but we don't want it to be sterile. sterilized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one of the big 
problems that's arising out of this COVID situation mm -hmm. is that there are some workplaces that oh are over sterilizing. They're overusing all these cleaning products and it's making their employees sick. And it, and, and that terrifies me because I think I saw on Dr. Jess, she's, she deals with like a lot of stealth pathogens and people with infections. She did a post saying, yes, these, these disinfectants kill 99.9% .9 of bacteria. What is that point zero one or that point one percent that's surviving? Do you really think that's a good bacteria? It's the super bacteria. It's the super bacteria. And what are we going to start seeing soon? This overgrowth of these super bugs that are now not only going to, because we see them in the hospitals, mm -hmm. right? That's MRSA, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like over sterilized hospitals. We got MRSA now. What are we going to start seeing in our shopping areas where we buy our food? Something like MRSA? Hopefully not. Hopefully but. not. Like I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, mm -hmm. but are we creating environments that are going to turn into breeding grounds for these super bacteria that are surviving our extremely sanitary environments? Right. So what we're talking about here is the exposome, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's how our inner system interacts with our outer world. Right. And the more we can expose ourselves to the natural outer world, the stronger our natural innate immune system is going to be right. because it's going to have experience and communication with everything that's going on around it. Right. When we keep it sequestered away in a sterile environment, mm -hmm. it doesn't figure that out. Right. And then when it does go out and get exposed to things, that's where we tend to run into a lot of problems. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so exposing ourselves to our environment and creating an immune system that incorporates it mm -hmm. is really important. But when we have dumbed down our immune system with sterile environments, antibiotics, medications, mm -hmm. bad food, like we are setting up a breeding ground for dis-ease mm -hmm. and dysfunction. And that's when we become intolerant to foods. That's when we become intolerant to our environment. And this is a problem because what will we be able to tolerate in the next 50, 60 years? Like mm -hmm. our children are going to be... the this our children's generation are expected to live shorter than us mm -hmm. because they are so unhealthy allergies have tripled since the 90s in children yeah. if you guys think back to your like your first grade second grade third grade like how many kids in your class had epipens none in mine no, I, I don't remember any. i remember one girl who had allergies and that was like when i was 12 mm -hmm. and now like a third of the children have EpiPens in classrooms. Like you can't take anything to school because kids mm -hmm. are allergic to food. They're allergic to food, mm -hmm. you guys. Like food grown from the planet. Like this is, this is a problem because mm -hmm. what are we left with? Processed junk, right? And so we're perpetuating this problem that has made us sick in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really take care of our immune systems and recognize like, you know what, the system that's been put in place right now isn't helping us. Right. And We've subsidized crappy food, right. high fructose corn syrup, corn, soy, wheat. We've subsidized it. We've made it cheap for us to purchase. Mm -hmm. And we now let food, healthy food, real food be expensive when we should turn that around and subsidize fruits and vegetables so that everyone can afford it. Mm -hmm. Not just the elite, not just the middle class, right? Mm -hmm. This is a problem. This is a problem on multiple levels. And this is something that we all should be talking out about, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Well, I'm going to bring it back around to building the immune system and going Sorry. outside. Because <laughs> one of the one of the best ways to build your immune system mm-hmm. is to get in the sun yeah. and let your body produce natural vitamin D. Yeah. Right. And this can't happen if you're inside all day. You can right. take your colocalciferol vitamin D supplements all you want. Mm-hmm. It's not going to give you the same benefits. It's not. Right. Because you need a balance of things, and the sun will help you accomplish that. Also, the sun is very disinfecting. That's correct. Like in its uh-huh. own way. Mm-hmm. Like when you have stinky sheets from like the washer dryer, you just put it outside, and the sun kills that bacteria, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like this perfect <clears throat> harmonious environment right. uh, for yourself, for your body, killing off bad things, keeping good things alive. Right. Um, oh, and, and speaking of the sun, something that we didn't mention when we did our sun episode, but we were talking about this earlier today, mm-hmm. which is that when you are in the sun. You don't want to be wearing sunglasses. Mm. I know oh, that's yeah. a blasphemous statement that I've just made. There are a lot of cool mm-hmm. dudes out there who are pretty ticked to hear this. <laughs> but the truth is that sunglasses are not doing us any favors. Ryan, do you want to kind of restate what you were talking about before about how that's problematic for us? Yeah, so I wish I knew what study I was quoting, but I heard a study where the eyes can sense how bright the light is, and that determines how much melanin our skin produces to protect Mm -hmm. us from the sun so Mm -hmm. when we have sunglasses on Mm -hmm. our eyes think all right there's not much sun out there i don't need to protect my skin as much Mm -hmm. and so they've shown that you get more sunburned if you have sunglasses on Mm -hmm. than versus if you don't isn't that insane that's so often what we're used and even i you know i wear sunglasses usually outside when i can but i don't think i'm gonna start doing it as much Mm because That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're essentially shutting off our natural protection against overexposure to sun and therefore increasing the risk of burning and Mm -hmm. of course, cancer down the line. Also, what a testament to light exposure and brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like there are things happening when we're exposed to light that we are not even aware of. of this is one of those small things that studies have recently come out with, right? Mm-hmm. Because I remember like seven years ago when we lived in Boulder, everyone was wearing sunglasses, everyone mm-hmm. under the sun. Now I see it a lot less, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so amazing what the body can do. And it's when you, when we go back to these grass roots, right? Like, is that the wrong term I'm using? No, sorry. grassroots is like a business or something. When we go back to our, <laughs> sorry, grassroots movements, you guys, it's like right. almost midnight. Go um, back to your roots. When we go back to our roots, thank you. You betcha. When we go back to our roots, like we, when we return back to nature, we heal. Like mm-hmm. that's where healing happens. And we have tried to recate the wheel and we are seeing that it, it's going south You, you, really you can't fast. perfect you can't something that is already perfect mm-hmm. and nature was already perfect. It's like what you were saying earlier, Ryan, like it took us hundreds of thousands of years to create this perfect ecosystem within our bodies and our bodies within our environment. Mm-hmm. And we've messed it up in the past hundred years. Yeah. Like we, time. and, and our bodies are not adapting fast enough. Yeah. We can't. We've created this synthetic world. Everything mm-hmm. about our indoor environment is, is synthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our lighting, the cleaning products, the yep. way we build our homes, mm-hmm. the furniture we breathe into it, mm-hmm. the food we eat, everything is synthetic. And then we wonder why our bodies are having such a hard time with it. Right. Yep, exactly. And so hopefully this podcast, you guys, brought to light some some 
I guess, truth bombs so that you, so that we can all think of ways to help ourselves and our children Mm -hmm. and maybe give some food for thought as to why we might not be feeling good. Like the, the whole sunlight thing and adrenal fatigue that just, I was like, Oh, there's probably a link here. That Mm -hmm. was, that was a big truth bomb for me today. Um, anything else we want to say before we close up? No, I just want to reemphasize that you want to spend more time outside. Yeah. Watch the sunrise, watch the sunset. Exactly. Make sure you're out there in the sun, interacting with nature. Yep. And unplug. Mm-hmm. Ryan, how can people get a hold of you? Because uh, did we say this in the beginning of the podcast? You test homes, mm-hmm. you make sure homes are healthy, you're a building biologist. How can you get it? How can people contact you so that you can test their home for them? Uh, our website, pretty simple, testmyhome.com. Perfect. Yep. And what states do you travel to? Right now we're doing southern Idaho, northern Utah, um, western Wyoming. And you go out to like California. If if there's enough people, right? Yeah, if there's enough people, we'll travel for it for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. I know there's a bunch of people in Arizona that want you down there. Yeah, we so. have a list. We need to make a trip down there. Yeah. Yeah, we're waiting for it to cool down a little bit there. Good right, call. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably yeah. smart. Go in the wintertime. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to add too, just if you ever have a question and you're not sure what to do, always take the side of nature. Mm-hmm. Always let nature be your guide and yes. you can never go wrong. That's I so true. That. I Good do advice. love that. Thank yeah. you. Okay, testmyhome.com. And, um, and listen to the other podcasts that we had right on. They are phenomenal where we speak mostly about EMF. So mm-hmm. thank you for always bringing the environmental factor into our podcast episodes because we don't talk about that enough. You're the yin to a yang, <laughs> peanut butter to our jelly. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, you for reminding all of our listeners about this. Anytime. Until next time, guys. All right. See you later. See Bye. Ya.